it's hard to transition uh, into this time, but by God's grace, we will. Father, I pray over your word that it will go forth, and as your word promises, it shall not, it shall go forth, and it shall not return void. And Father, we open our hearts as you've opened our hearts, and we've opened our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, and, and Father, our Abba, our Father, and Jesus, we fix our eyes upon you in these days, and we fix our heart upon you, and again, we just state, you are our one thing. You are more than anything, and we love you. Thank you, Father. Yes. Uh, so uh, I make no apologies for the Lord for this word. Um, one thing probably I should have done is not told some people. I asked people to pray for me this week for the word. I kind of told them what the topic was, and and uh, they're not here. No. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this is a word that we all must embrace. Um, when uh, the Lord spoke to me, you know, we've gone through the season of Passover. The prelude to that, we went through the season of cleansing and getting all the leaven out. Uh, that was our attempt. Um, and then the Lord, uh, I was just rejoicing to bring some other words of hope, the hope of the cross, the hope of the resurrection, and those things. And uh, the Lord told me to bring this word on the spirit of pride. And I said, the spirit of pride. I said, okay, but like maybe we should have done that when we were in the cleansing season. <laughs> and he said, no. I, I go, I don't know why now. And he said, I, I said, how does it relate to where we are? And this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, the pride of the Pharisees blinded them to my coming. And I'm coming again. And this spirit has to be driven out of my temple. It has to be driven out of my church. Amen. So I humbly come. Uh, like I said, I don't make excuses for what God wants to say. I... I truly am not sure I can do this justice in just the few minutes that we have here today. But I trust that the Holy Spirit, as we look at the Pharisees, as we look at others, it's always easy, isn't it? Isn't it easy for us to see pride in someone else? It's like we're not blind to that, right? <laughs> but the thing about pride is it brings blindness to you if you are hosting, if you are the host. I'm going to use that term because um, I don't want anyone here to think I bring this word personally to you. <laughs> I am definitely bringing it and doing this back to me uh, and letting Father, the, the cry of our hearts is, search me, O God. Amen. Search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be any hidden iniquity in here or something going on that I need to address. Because I'll tell you, the spirit of pride is one of the seven deadly sins. It's what we call in Proverbs. I'll, I'll read that scripture later. Um, when I was doing research, I mean, I just bingo, just put in scriptures on pride. Just Google that. Do a little devotional this week and just really read them and go, whoa, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Uh, there's much more to be said on this topic than what I can even begin to share today. But uh, I speak it with all the love that he spoke to me while we were writing this. Amen? Um, it's one of the seven deadliest sins, and I say deadliest. Their sin is all deadly. It, all sin brings death. 
when I speak of that scripture, it is the seven things that God says he hates. And it's one of them. Remember, pride is the master character and nature of Satan himself. God said he was beautiful until that popped up. So here was Satan in all his beauty and array as God had created them. And then the ugliness that led to his fall. Pride cometh before a fall. That was a big one. So let's, let's take a look at the Pharisees. As I said, it's always easier to find it in someone else. So I just pray that he will heal our blindness and we can see it for what it is. Because pride thinks it's beautiful. Pride thinks it's very special. Pride, the spirit of pride believes it's absolutely superior to everything and everyone. Do you see? And we have to behold it and see it for what it is and ask God to help us. So I'm going to start with Luke chapter 18, and we're going to read uh, verses 9, start at verse 9. And this is Jesus. This is Jesus' parable, and he's, <laughs> he's talking about the Pharisees. He speaks this to everybody. He said a lot of things about the Pharisees. In Matthew 15 and in chapter 23, he called them blind guides leading the blind. That's what Jesus, those are Jesus' words. Now, starting with verse 9 in Luke chapter 18, and he also told this parable to certain ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax gatherer. The Pharisee stood up and was praying thus to himself. God, I thank thee that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax gatherer. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax gatherer standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven. But he was beating his breast, and he was saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went to his house justified. Rather than the other. Rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled. But he who humbles himself shall be exalted. So we start with Jesus' words. Um, as I said again, pride is the master character of Satan himself. I'm just going to read some of the thoughts <coughs> and things that came to me as I was studying the Spirit, things that the Spirit of God was giving revelation to. And then I'm going to read some of those scriptures about the spirit of pride. 
not all of them because there were there's over a hundred there's more than that but I want you to think about our critical remarks and where those come from we seem to have an ability to criticize um, someone, anyone. We can especially criticize leaders, right? The Pharisees were criticizing Jesus. He was obviously the leader of the day. They were having their comments. They were feeling superior. Who is this guy? We've been around. We wear these funny hats <laughs> and veils, and our tassels are extra long. Come on. We walk. Everybody honors us. Who is this guy? He's hanging out with the tax gatherer. We pride helps enable us to criticize and judge others. Behind that ability to criticize is possibly the spirit of pride. When we start to criticize, let's really check it. What's behind this comment? Is it, is it pride? Well, we always say, no, I don't have any pride. But we need to check that again. Is it my insecurity? Because pride works with our insecurities. Those Pharisees are starting to feel a bit insecure around Jesus. I mean, for heaven's sake. You know, they receive honor in the place, but Jesus is getting thousands thousands in the crowds. I heard there were like 3,000 at one time, and he was feeding them. And I heard there was another time that there was 5,000, and he was feeding them. And they were having you know, all those disciples, and they're just going. They spend the day there. at his feet. We must be adamant that we don't let this thing in. And if it has gotten in, that we kick it out and we rebuke it. Amen? So contention. Pride is very contentious. It Contention is arguments or criticisms. Wherever the spirit is, there's going to be contentions and divisions. A critical heart, a critical mouth, or thinking, the Holy Spirit said, comes by pride. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't need to justify it. Pride always tries to admix itself into Holy Spirit manifestations. That was from the Holy Spirit. So I want to explain that. So if the Holy Spirit is moving, and you might be a part of that, it could be in worship here this morning. It could, let's just t use that as a possible example. And the Spirit of God is moving, and somebody's getting a song in the Spirit. Somebody's soaring off in the Spirit and getting loud. You know what I'm saying? Or something God is really healing someone, and we might, that Spirit might want you, if you were the psalmist or the one singing the loudest, or you were on the keyboard and something anointed was really coming forth, I mean, you might possibly be whispered in the ear that you had something to do with it. It likes to mix in with Holy Spirit manifestations and secretly take some credit for it. Are we understanding what the Lord was meaning by this? Be on guard, my brothers and sisters. Such as also discerning of spirits. We might be in ministry and somebody discerns something and somebody gets set free. It's so easy to, when he uses you, to sometimes make that personal. Especially when somebody gets set free in deliverance in ministry and they come and they say, thank you so much. What you said was so good. Do you understand? Leaders, ministries, fellow ministers of God, learn how to receive the praises of men 
Because trust me, you will also receive their rejection. And you must learn how to receive thanks. There's nothing wrong with someone thanking you for being used by God. But the way I look at it is the minute if somebody says something to me, it comes, I go, thank you, and it just goes right up like that. I don't let that come into me. I have spiritual armor on. I've dealt with this in past years. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want to think that I've come so far that I've arrived either. Because what if I forgot to put my armor on? And it was just a really bad day. And I'd been receiving rejection and belittling all day. And Lonnie said a couple of words that really hurt me, and I didn't even have time to deal with it. But I'm feeling low. And you come up, and you give me some adulation. And I just, my guard was down. And somehow I just thought, you know, I just needed to hear that. And boom, it kind of starts and comes in. Do you see how it could happen? He's always subtle when it comes to this spirit. Pride always assures or convinces the person who has it or is operating in it that their leadings of the Holy Spirit are more correct or superior than anyone else's. Are you guys understanding me? You can personalize this. I'm not going to personalize it for you, but it's a time when you just think, well, you know, they really, inside, it's the conversation going on inside. Really, what the Holy Spirit is showing me is superior to all of this that is being spoken about. No. That isn't God. Jesus spoke with authority when he dealt with the Pharisees. But he never belittled anybody, did he? The common folk, he, they walked side by side with Jesus. Um, that spirit tends to think that others' leadings are less adequate or even not God at all. Pride covers its host in their fears and insecurities or inadequacies. The spirit of pride how well, these spirits will have been watching you. They're going to know what your weak spots are. And they're going to try to utilize that. Because we all have a measure of fear of not being good enough. The truth is we're not. <laughs> we don't have to fear and embrace it. God loved you anyway. He has received you into the family of God. We do not earn it. We don't. It, there's nothing we can do in our own righteousness. Just get over it right now. You're not good enough. But Jesus, because of Jesus, he said you are. In fact, he said, because you're not good enough, this is why I love you, because I'm going to bring you with me. And we're going to walk together. So see, don't even let the enemy toy there. If those things start coming in, like I don't fit in. I don't know these people. Are, I just don't know as much as these people know. Yeah, don't let them come and hit you with that. Pride. Uh, let's see, pride in, in whoever has it, pride never hears God's spirit leadings in anyone else in equal degrees to their own personal hearing. Have you been in a conversation with somebody and you're trying to have a real conversation and you know they're really not listening, maybe not even to 50% of what you're saying. They're already ruminating in their mind what the superior answer to the question we might be pondering is. And they haven't even heard what you might have been 
considering, and they come out with the what they feel is the superior or correct answer. That's just a way. Pride presumes that its leadings are superior and secretly demands that all others give consent or approval. Pride wants approval. Pride wants your approval. Pride wants your agreement that it is special. Without the other thing pride does is it doesn't go and submit Holy Spirit leadings. It will get you to feel that you are so superior you don't need to go and submit a major life change. The Word of God says there is safety in a multitude of counselors. That is why he has put spiritual leaders in your life. And that's what shepherds, the pastors, the leaders, spiritual ones, it doesn't mean they're better than you. It, it's just, it fills the scripture. There is safety in a multitude of counselors. I'm not talking about what you're making for dinner tonight, but if you're making a major life change, it is great and get others' confirmation and solicitation. Pride never lets others be their co-equal. It really... When you get around people with pride, you're just it feels awkward. If they're really oozing in it, it may be subtle, but sometimes people are so overtaken by it, it's very easy to see. In its own blindness, it talks down to others. It makes others feel inferior to it. We don't like people that do that, do we? We need to pray. We need to love that person. <laughs> because the end of pride is not pretty. <sighs> pride can be ego. Again, we need to learn to deal with the praises of men and their rejections. So... <clears throat> Pride comes before a fall. Many men and women in ministry have fallen because of adulation and exaltation of the sheep that they shepherd that receive the benefit of their ministry and the word or the giftings. What I want to say is, no, you should, the word says to give double honor to your leaders, give double honor to your elders. But giving double honor and love and um, recognition in that sense can be a beautiful thing. It's like what we give to the Lord. I mean, I'm not equating that with that. I'm just saying if you understand, you know, but don't put them on pedestals. Don't give them adulation that's adoring. That's for Jesus alone. You see what happens if you're doing that, 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 you know, that really sets that ministry up for having to deal with that, for having to deal with that. Oh, we don't want to be responsible for anything that would cause um, them to trip. I mean, it's their responsibility, but you know, so, again, I'm not saying that we don't give double honor and respect to our leaders, but we don't adore them. That is for Jesus and God alone. We are merely vessels in his hand to be used. That's it. Our giftings aren't our own in that sense because we've done something special or that we earned it or we gained it. They're just simply gifts from God. Amen? It doesn't make anyone better or superior to the other. God, the nine gifts of the spirits and how they operate. No, no. So pride presumes and assumes and usurps positions of authority presumptuously. Let me, let me just give you a little example. Some ministry comes in here visits, and they believe 
their ministry in the body of Christ is to come in and check you out and let the church know, you know, there's good things going on here, but there is this weakness over here. And I just want to bring that to your attention. That can be done with a spirit of pride, or that could be done in all humility. But if it's done with a spirit of pride and presumptuousness and assumption that they can discredit the authority in the house of God wherever they might go, and it's a spirit of pride, look out. Pray for those. This has happened here over the years more times than not. But you know what? If anybody, this is something that we, we were taught by the Holy Spirit and by an apostolic father. If anybody comes to criticize you or says something to you like that, don't just reject it. What, remember when David and was leaving the kingdom and his son was coming to take over and the guy was on the road yelling all sorts of naughty things about him and accusations, and one of the guys said, I'm going to go over and kill that guy. I'm, I'm tired of listening to him. And David said, no, what if it's true? Do you see what I'm saying? If you, I want you to learn how to be a ministry of Christ. If somebody gives you a criticism, then just ponder it. Take it to the Lord. We do. We just don't go, oh, I see a spirit of pride here. and You know what I'm saying? The Lord will test you. Humble yourself. Don't respond to a spirit of pride with pridefulness, like, I don't have to listen to you. I'm the authority here. Do you hear what I'm saying? Pride is tricky. It will try to get you to slip up. Are you guys enjoying this? Um, my, one of my uh, favorite apostolic fathers always said when words like this came, oh, it hurts so good. Do you know? So um, pride tries to align itself with Holy Spirit manifestations of intelligence, power, and authority. It secretly and self-deceptively, it takes credit of God's glory in self unperceived degrees. I've done it. You've done it. Let's just get it out there. And because pride blinds us, we don't even know how many times we have done it. But one thing that we have is we have that prayer that David prayed, search my heart. Speak to me, Lord. Reveal it to me. Set me free. Um, pride is the master spirit behind all disguise and deceit and deception. I want you to look at this. It's easy for us to see this in Satan, right? It's easy for us to see pride in someone else. It is very hard for us. We're blinded to it in ourselves. That's what the Lord said. That's what the Holy Spirit was saying. He said, pride is the master spirit behind all disguise. It will disguise itself. It's just simple intelligence. I told my Bible class we were on a topic. It might be true, but I, ha I have to check my spirit. Last Friday, we're talking about a topic where there are hardly any books written on this. We're talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ in a way based on the laws of God that we don't find in our libraries or at CBD when we're looking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Over 40 years, 
of study, digging. I'll let my class, I'll let God be the judge of what I meant. I wasn't trying to be prideful in that. Do you understand? But pride could come in, couldn't it? Pride could come into that. We must have our armor on. Because pride comes before a fall. And God wants us to walk upright. He doesn't want you falling. It is the master spirit behind all disguise and deceit and deception, and it will try to deceive us and operate through any any of us that are willing. Pride, working along with other master spirits, tries to keep believing mankind. That means his church. Believing mankind from ever attaining completion in Christ Jesus in his glory and unity with the Father. You see, when pride's there, Jesus says, I'm, I'm di- God says, I'm distant from a proud and haughty spirit. I keep my distance to that thing. You know how you can relate to it is because when somebody's really prideful, you want to keep your distance, don't you? Yeah, I'm not hanging out with them. Okay. I mean, there's sometimes we're going to talk about some scriptures that where it would make us com- compromise. Oh, what if it's a really rich, filthy rich person, and they are so prideful, but they're famous, and this relationship, somehow I, got, I just got introduced to them. I'm going to get to be with them. I'm going to get five minutes to talk with them, and I could hang out with them. And what starts working on me is what benefit that might be to me and what I might have going on. They might make a donation. We really, you know, right? Pride. I get to be with them. I got their autograph. I got a selfie with them. I put it on Facebook. I only put one. I took 20 pictures, but I only put one. (laughs) That's how it can seduce us. Pride seduces us. This really does get better, folks. So please watch the rest of some of you are having to leave now. Pride wants to always feel superior, and it likes to talk down to others, and it always wants to have the last say. You know when pride rises up in a, in a conflict or an argument? And that thing is, you're like, I'm going to have the last say here. You don't even have to process that. It just comes up. You don't even have to process that you've got to have the last word. It just comes out. It just somehow takes over. You guys know what I'm saying. It always wants to be the winner of every conflict. That's pride. That's why Satan is in the courts of heaven accusing you every day. Pride in a position of authority tries to dominate. It presumes self-priority before and above others. Its forcefulness is conditional, depending on how commingled it is with the person. To what degree? That's what I mean, that it's commingled in their spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus, pride cannot be graciously disagreed with or challenged. You know if if someone's dealing with pride and you challenge them in something, they just don't like it. But Jesus said, remember, when you're making those criticisms and you might be judging, he said, don't forget to take the log out of your own eye. You see the giant log in your brother or someone else's eye, but you've forgotten that you have a giant one in your own eye. Oh, that can be found in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. You can see that. Proverbs 2.21.2 says, Every man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Pride always works with the spirit of fear. It creates fear in others so it will not be exposed. It intimidates other people. I could have put this together. I've kind of bounced back and forth, but I just wrote them down as I heard them in the spirit. 
So some are kind of, you know, double reinforced. Pride is never genuinely teachable when challenged or disagreed with, and it finds reasons to retaliate or it will countercharge. Pride only receives graciously those who feed its nature. If you adore the person or the host that has it, and you smother them with wonderful sayings, and you feed them, then they will tolerate you. But if you don't, you're not in their crowd. Isn't this good? Some of you are smiling. I mean, it is. It's just like, oh, help us, Jesus. Pride mixed with righteousness is death. Hindering true humility and meekness. If we try to cover this thing and put a cloak on it, come on. If you just kind of tolerate it in your life and you mix that with the righteousness of God, oh, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, because it prevents you from being humble. You see, pride is the opposite of humility. It will lead secretly to seduce you away. You just think that you are good. I'm not talking about confidence in God. But I have no confidence in my flesh. My only righteousness is in him. I don't have any of my own. I have to keep that in perspective. Amen? My confidence is in the Lord. My confidence is that in Jesus Christ I can do all things. Amen? In spiritual matters, pride looks for acceptance from others. Being self-deceived. But this is the sad part. It never finds rest in the fruit of the Spirit if it isn't honored. Do you understand what I mean? If pride in someone isn't being honored, and for some reason the Lord might be trying to get their attention, they can't find rest in the Holy Spirit because that Spirit demands something back. It wants your attention. It wants your favor. That's what I mean. It's hard for you to rest without somebody telling you how great you are. Pride will always have the last say and the most to say. And you might say, well, I've learned how to discipline my tongue. But I want to say, this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, pride will always have the last say and the most to say, either openly or secretly and inwardly. Oh, my. When he was saying that to me, and I was thinking about some of the arguments I've had with this man. And I finally got to a point, and I was like, no saying another word. But when I walked away, I had plenty to say in my thoughts at the time. Anybody ever had that happen to you? Please let me know so I I know I'm not the worst person in the room right now. Is this a word that we're going to get copies of and listen to it again? Because this goes deep. You have to sit in his presence. I mean, this was not easy. That's all I got to say. No adulation wanted here, but I did not want to bring this word to you. But Jesus did because he loves you. He doesn't want you walking around or ministering like a Pharisee. He doesn't want you blinded by the spirit of pride and you will not be able to see him. We're in a season where he's appearing. We're in a season where he's making himself known in these 40 in these 40 days, you know, after the cross. And if we are blinded by 
pride, we will not see him. We will not see him. We will not recognize him at his second coming. Do you understand? That's because he's bringing this because he loves us. He loves us so much. Pride has been through all centuries. And listen to this comment. The, the Holy Spirit made. Pride is the master of disgrace to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read to you some of those, some of those over a hundred scriptures in the Bible. Now I've just kind of said here to this point some of the comments that the Lord was speaking. But here are some scriptures, and these are not all of them. We're not going li- to leave with the very end here. I do have a closing that's coming quickly. Proverbs 6, 16 through 17. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. It's the first thing on the list. Haughtiness is pridefulness. What about the times you roll your eyes about someone? Sometimes you might even be signaling somebody in a conversation. You might be in a group conversation with somebody. In the room, there's some conversation going on with people. And you get somebody that you have eye contact with that you think is going to is perceiving the situation the way you are, and you're rolling your eyes to let them know we're thinking on the same page here. Those are the haughty eyes. I see some big smiles. Thank you for giving me encouragement. Help us, Jesus, right? Are you guys love? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. When I read that, I think of all the abortions in the world. It breaks my heart. A heart that deceives wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. And a false witness that utters lies. And one who spreads strife among brethren. That's just one off this long page. Proverbs 21-24. Scoffer. It's in quotes in the Bible. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Embrace humility. Galatians 6, 3. For if anyone thinks he is something, something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. How many times have we been pathetic? Thinking we were something. Hmm? Help us, Jesus. Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. That's just, I'm just taking one scripture off these pages of 100. Psalm 101.5, whoever slanders his brother secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. That's God speaking. Proverbs 15.25, the Lord tears down the house of the proud. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand what that just said. It's coming down. Do not build a house for pride in your life. (coughs) 
Proverbs 16, 18, and 19, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be a lowly spirit with the poor, meaning lowly spirit is a humble spirit and hang out with the poor, than to divide the spoil with the proud. Isaiah 66, 2. This is God speaking. All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That who, that's who he's looking for. I want that to be me. I want that to be us. I can't close and leave us there, so I'm about to close. The opposite of pride is humility. And the one thing we know we don't want today is pride, right? We're getting that out of our life. The only way to do that is to embrace humility. Humility. Pride and humility are on the opposite spectrums of our reality. Pride is a call to love yourself more than anything or anyone else. That's what pride calls you to. Love yourself more than anything or anyone else. Humility is a call to do the opposite. Pride sometimes masquerades itself as humility and can slip into even the most humble of hearts. So we're going to be on guard. Number one, and whoever, this is a scripture, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. God will exalt you in your humility. I remember, I, the Holy Spirit's bringing this, it's not my love. Please endure this little message of a real experience that happened in this church before we had the sanctuary, in our first sanctuary, in the middle portion of the building. It was soon after the ministry was started. It was soon after Lonnie and I were uh, ordained and commissioned. And this, uh, we had been, you know, ordained before, you know, we had been in ministry for years, but we were ordained to be the leaders of this work, and this ministry was uh, commissioned. This was in 1989. And one night we showed up for a Bible study and some prayer before Bible study, and there was a group of about um, six uh, people that had been coming to our little fellowship that had been growing. They'd been coming for a few months, and suddenly they started talking to us, and they had all talked and discussed this before that another man was much more qualified to lead this work than we were. We had been in an apostolic. There were over 200 apostles, prophets, and people in attendance at Singing Hills when that great commission came over this work. In fact, when we started it and we got it going, we had reached out to leaders that we had known across the nation and said, somebody find a pastor who can come and lead this work. This bio, you know, We're here to support it. But the leaders that came said, we've prayed, we've fasted. God has said, you too are the ones that are to lead it. They came in, they started accusing us. I, I was like, where did this come from? I was sitting on the front row in the sanctuary, and Lonnie was, so Lonnie had been setting up sound and getting things ready. They came in, they were going to put us in our place. And we were just coming for Bible study and prayer, folks. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so Lonnie came. I, I sat down, and I listened. And then Lonnie came and sat next to me. And I didn't have to say one word to my husband, nor did he have to say to me. What we did, I was younger then. We slid. We listened. And because we weren't responding, so then Lonnie said, let's pray. Let's pray. And the one that they had chosen for the leader started laughing at us. 
and said prayer isn't going to change what God has decided. And so Lonnie looked at me and I looked at him and we slid out of those chairs and we got prostrate before what was our little altar on the other side of the church. That little pulpit was up there at the top that we'd found. Lonnie and I had found it somewhere in a barn, you know. We knew it had been in some little church somewhere in Vermont for a hundred years. We had our communion on, you know, our communion equipment on it. We just wanted to honor God. And we slid off that and we were on the floor. And we went in and we started travailing. When we got to the floor, the spirit of travail came on us. I never knew where and when they left. I just remember them, before I went into the spirit, they were laughing and mocking us. Do you hear what I'm saying? That is pride. And that's how far and the degree it can go. I will not say the outcome of those individuals, but it was not pretty. They are no longer with us in this world. We humbled ourselves. You don't have to defend God. We didn't have to say, wait a minute, you, you know, let me give you the tape where this is all recorded. You know, we didn't have to do that. We just humbled ourselves before God. People love to hear the words on love yourself, right? All the books that are written, love yourself. You can't love anybody else unless you love yourself, right? That's what they tell us. And I, I don't want to say that these, aren't, these words aren't good, but they can be so damaging if someone has a lot of pride and they already love themselves too much. Are you getting my... And they have no, no eyes for anybody else because that isn't, you know... We've got to have a balance. We've got to appreciate others. The world doesn't revolve around you. It revolves around Jesus, Father and Abba and the Holy Spirit. I mean, uh, do you see how bad that can be? We really have to be careful and put things in a proper place. To truly grow, you need to hear the whole truth, not just a portion of it. There needs to be balance between humility and confidence in the Lord. Confidence isn't pride. I want you to understand that. Confidence isn't pride. Your confidence in what God is doing in you is only there because of him. And you can brag on God all you want. You can brag on him. You can give him the glory. You can tell him how good he is. And he is. There needs to be a balance in order for us to become effective for the kingdom of God. Here's the next scripture, James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As we've said before, being proud can easily blind you, and you need a humble heart to truly be impacted by the truth. Because if your heart is so commingled with pride, you won't hear it because the only truth you listen to is yourself. Okay? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble heart. Pr listen, pride always loses when it comes to God. <laughs> it's going to lose. Ask Satan. Yeah. Pride got us where we are now, and we need to, we need humility to recognize our faults against God. That's why there's repentance. I love repentance. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and we can repent and we can be clean. We can be refreshed. We can be renewed. We can be restored. Literally, humility means being lowly in your own thoughts and your hearts. I'm not a big deal. He is. Humility is not having a low opinion of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves 
less. Amen? Being aware of who God is and who we are and living according to his understanding and our understanding of the goal here. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's how we're to think about each other. Let each of you look not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. If we're only thinking of ourselves, we're ignoring the poor. We're ignoring people who desperately need us. We're not out evangelizing evangelizing because we don't see that the world, (laughs) the chaos is going. In the world we say chaos and crime rising and darkness taking over. We've got to be mindful and reach out. In a world where we literally sacrifice ourselves for the good of others, we see hearts change. We see hearts change. We see nations submitting to God, and we see true revival. Our missionaries, wherever you are in your world. I saw this at work Wednesday. I want to thank all of you. Some have left here, but I hope they're watching this. That worked so hard for the outreach we did in the community this past week. It took selflessness. It took labor. It took hard work. It took vision, God's vision. We saw the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit when we're not focused on ourselves and the generosity and people giving more than they need to. I saw love, and I saw people crying out for each other, praying for one another. I saw people feeding others, not just real food, but spiritual food. This is the kingdom we serve, not the world. The kingdom of goodness, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of mercy with unforgettable grace that changes the lives of everyone around us. When you're walking in humility, that's what's happening around you. It changes people. You know, in my Christian life, I've been in circumstances or jobs where people would watch and watch and watch. They still do. They watch you. They want to see if you're a hypocrite. They want to see if you're really going to walk the talk. Do you see? They watch. But if you walk in humility, God's going to get you through. You're going to pass their test on you. And then they're going to go, you know, I've been watching you a long time, but you're, you're the only one I've ever seen walk the talk. It's, it's amazing to me. I'm less than a minute away. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. And do not be wise in your own opinion, Romans 12, 16. Being obedient is also being wise according to God's standards. Sometimes it just means we need to stop talking. We need to submit our own opinion, zip it, and just listen. Just listen. So rather associate yourself with the humble, the low in spirit, the meek, because although they do not look rich in the material sense, they are the richest of all. They will inherit the kingdom of God. True riches, I close with this, True riches can only be found in Jesus. So be obedient and humble yourself no matter how hard it can be. Amen? There's no better place than to look at our example, Jesus. His humility led him to the cross. His humility led to your salvation. His humility led 
empowers the gospel message of the good news right now to today for the prideful to the sinners of all stripes and colors. That is the pattern, the greatest story of humility ever told, that he went to lay himself down for others. And the last scripture I leave you, and Jesus being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the, on the cross. Philippians 2.18. Humility, in addition to being necessary to enter the kingdom. Nobody prideful is getting into the kingdom of God. This is just fact. There's no place in for that satanic master character of Satan himself. It's not getting in. So, let's lay hold of humility that we might enter the kingdom so we can succeed in the kingdom of God. And the last word that Jesus said, I'm going to leave you with Jesus' words, and this really is the end. Whoever desires to become great among you. It's not a bad thing to be great for the Lord. Jesus said, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him become your slave. Matthew 20, 26. There's... 27. Father, seal this word to our spirits. Father, seal this word to our hearts. Let it be in our thinking. Holy Spirit, we invite you and we give you permission to come in, in the days, every day of the rest of our lives, and that you would convict us of this spirit, Lord. We, we humbly ask you that you would get this spirit away from us, Get it out of us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness that we can be your, we can be great in the kingdom of God because we walk like you did in all humility. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.